and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about how to handle crisis with teens, especially at the LCMS Youth Gathering. We are continuing our Gathering Starter Pack set of episodes as you prepare for the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering. We hope these are helpful for you in preparing to join us in Houston, uh, and but also that they're helpful pieces as you lead any large youth event. Uh, today's topic, we think will especially be helpful both at the gathering and in ministry in general. One of the things we want to highlight early and often is the importance of supportive adult leaders who are listening well and asking good questions of the youth they bring to the gathering. The gathering can be a place where those relationships are built and where they can be, frankly, tested. Most adults plan to come to the gathering to experience the the excitement, the growth, and joy of being with thousands of people of God gathered around God's word. But there also may be times when adults are called upon to be supporters of a young person experiencing some kind of struggle or crisis. There are many places connected to the gathering where a young person could uh, have a crisis. Uh, For some young people, when they're stepping away from their everyday life, they open up and share things about that are going on at home or at school, maybe are uh, feeling more comfortable with the adults around them to be able to to talk about places where they might be struggling. Or for others, maybe challenged by things they hear in sessions or at a mass event, and it might cause um, some questions and even some confusion. And for a few, there may have something occurred during the gathering that will lead to a crisis, either there at the gathering or back at home. I know for me at the 2013 gathering, uh, we found out the morning of the final day of the gathering that a much loved member of our congregation uh, had died back at home. And it was difficult as adult leaders to decide when and how to tell the young people, several of whom who were uh, very well connected to this this gentleman. He uh, had been in the Uh, the music with them back in our home congregation uh, and to figure out how to encourage them to lean into God's gift in worship while their minds were with uh, the loved ones and their family back home. Uh, Other leaders could speak to other experiences of crisis. And while we hope and pray (laughs) that this is not an experience that you have, uh, that this is information that you might not need to use, we do want to help you prepare for the chance that something like this might happen to your group. Tell us how that conversation. We have Amanda Jonke, DCE at St. Paul in Fort Worth, Texas. Amanda is a member of our 2022 gathering planning team working on adult leader resources. We also have Karen Merritt, who is a licensed professional counselor in Texas and school counselor at St. Paul in Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Amanda and Karen, just want to have you as you introduce yourself to tell a little bit about your vocations and why you are passionate about caring for teens. Thanks for having us today. Um, I'm so blessed to get to work with middle school students and their families. Um, I had DCEs and mentors and leaders who poured into me um, and who walked through hard times with me and pointed me to Jesus all along the way. And I'm so grateful um, that I get to do that with students each and every day. Thanks so much for having me too. I am, as you said, that licensed professional counselor in Texas, and I'm so blessed to have that job as well as my job as school counselor at St. Paul. I get to walk alongside kids and teens as they work through life's challenges. I get to celebrate with them when they've made it through those same challenges. And I love their excitement, their energy, and the passion that teenagers bring to the table. 
I kind of also know, though, that sometimes life struggles can feel like they're overshadowing that excitement and passion. And so I feel truly honored and blessed when a teen allows me to walk alongside them. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, you guys, for being here. I, when we think about caring for young people, as I know both of you do in, in some different contexts, uh, there's lots of things that we can do in advance to help prepare for when a young person goes through a stressful or difficult time. So what are some things adult leaders can do to prepare ahead of time to help a student who might face a challenge at the gathering or who's coming into the gathering with some kind of crisis at home? That is such an awesome question. I would say first and foremost, start praying now. Pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, because we know that there are going to be challenges that come up. We know that um, Satan's going to try to do his work to mess with things. And so the first thing is start praying now. The second thing I would say is to practice listening. And I mean, truly, truly listening. Um, Listening doesn't always come easy, especially when we're in like an uncomfortable conversation. We want to try to rush in and fix it and say, no, 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 it's okay. Or, oh, it's not that bad. But when a teen trusts you enough to be able to come to you in crisis, the best thing that you can do is listen and be present with them. So you kind of need to practice that. You've got to practice active listening. Your family may look at you like, what's going on? Why are you doing this now? But it's important to actually practice where you let that person talk. You don't try to interrupt. You reflect what you're hearing them say. You validate what they're feeling, even if it may not be based in that truth that that you see. You validate what they're feeling, that it's very real for them. And then you're present with them. You give them time to cry or time to be angry. And you are truly there with them saying, wow, thank you for trusting me with that. That's tough. Take a deep breath and let them talk some more. And so listening and practicing listening, man, that's a big thing that you can do to get ready. Another really important thing you can do is working on building relationships and trust before you head to the gathering. Um, If you think about your best friend or the people that you confide in, those things didn't start to happen overnight. That was a series of interactions where you gained trust and you built relational equity um, so that those kinds of deep conversations and those deep kind of self-revelations could be made comfortably. And so when you engage in relationship building with your youth gathering team and the people who are going with you and the students that are going with you, being sure to encourage relationships among students, but also among those supportive adults and um, the students. There certainly is a lot that goes on at a youth gathering programmatically um, over the five days, but we like to talk about gatherings more than the five days. There's that preparation work that you do on the front end, the relationship building connection, the time in God's word, the time being in worship together, um, getting to know your youth, the time afterwards too, of debriefing and connecting with one another. And I I know we can see, uh, we don't necessarily have maybe the research statistic wise to talk about this, but we certainly hear this anecdotally is the groups that have those relationship and those relational connections get so much more out of the gathering or any youth ministry experience in the sense of that trusting relationships that connected and youth get to grow in those relationships, whether it's their own parents, their pastors, DCEs, lay people who are walking alongside them. Um, It takes work. It takes that effort, but that intentionality has a huge impact on the lives 
of young people. And it's so awesome to see. Um, we certainly know too, there are, there are limitations to what maybe adult leaders can provide for young people. And we'll talk about those in a little bit, uh, but we're all well equipped to be present and to care for young people, as you discussed, um, and, to, and to invest in young people that way. What are some important tools to remember when you are talking to any student, but especially to one who is maybe struggling? Like Karen said earlier, listening is a really important skill uh, to bring with you. And so one really awesome tool for that is when a student discloses something to you um, and you're not sure um, what they're trying to say or where they're trying to go with it, to invite them to share more, um, mm -hmm. to be able to say, tell me more um, and let them elaborate instead of um, putting your own um, framework on what they've disclosed, letting them speak into it and explain themselves and process verbally with you. Um, but also sometimes you get asked really, really hard questions um, because um, maybe a session kicked up some doubts or some fears or some concerns. And so answering those really hard questions with what do you want to know or why do you want to know um, so that then you can um, kind of work out do you approach this from a law place or do you approach this from a gospel place? What is it that they're wrestling with? Um, and you can kind of work to get towards to the bottom of that um, as you're listening to them and you're asking them good questions that are open ended um, and invite them to share more with you. Absolutely. And I think with that, knowing that that's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. The way God designed our brains is so amazingly cool, but they are under massive reformatting, system updating is what I tell my kiddos a lot, right, in that adolescent time period. And so oftentimes, the ability to find the words to connect with mm -hmm. what they're feeling inside, that takes time. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we let that silence ride Sometimes you'll often have a teen that will come to you. I'm just so upset. Well, tell me about it. I don't know. <laughs> and that's okay. They don't have to know. You are present with them. With that, though, knowing that it's going to take time, knowing that you need to let the silence ride, it's so important that you have kind of like a second person, a second leader to take over for you when you are having that intentional time with the, with your youth. Um, you don't want to be distracted. You don't want to have other youth coming in or vying for your time because at that moment, that youth has sought you out as their safe person. And we know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, safe places turn into sacred spaces. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we allow room for that sacred space, but we can't do that if we're thinking about the rest of our youth. So ahead of time, make sure you've got somebody that can slide in for you when you do encounter one of those conversations. So appreciate that we can think about ahead of time, how can we you know, have the right questions practice the right questions, practice using the mm -hmm. right questions and have a strategy as an adult leader team to be able to give young people the time and the space. I love that, that, that space that becomes sacred um, as, as they go through that crisis. And we hope that students on a trip like the LCMS Youth Gathering will have a chance to kind of step away from their normal lives. It's way outside of their norms, right? Um, spend some dedicated time in God's word with peers and adults who care for them. But sometimes in that moment, uh, in that safety, uh, hopefully, in that environment of warm challenge and grace, they're able to open up and share difficult things that are going on back at home or even just in their own minds. 
So what are some important things to remember if a student does disclose something to you or another adult during the gathering that maybe has you concerned about them? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Again, first thing, breathe and pray, right? <laughs> because when someone comes to you, you can tell when something is very heavy and they watch our emotions. And so we want to make sure that we are in a good emotional and headspace and spirit space to receive that. The other thing to make sure that we don't do is make sure that you don't promise something off the bat. Oftentimes, kids will tell you or teens will say, hey, I need to tell you something, but you got to promise me you won't tell anybody. We can't do that. We can't. We need to be there for them to protect them and to love on them. And so instead of saying, yes, I promise, you can say, well, bud or sweetheart, I, I can't promise that. But what I can promise you is that I love you and I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. And I'm going to be right here. Um, remember that the crisis team is right there on hand. The other huge, huge thing to research beforehand is the concept of mandatory reporters. Mm -hmm. In the state of Texas, every single person, including clergy, are mandatory reporters. If there is any suspicion of any form of abuse, any person that that gets disclosed to or that is suspicious of in the state of Texas, by law, has to report that. If you are coming from another state, it's really important that you and your youth leader team research that to make sure that you know what the law mandates. If you're a lay leader and one of your youth discusses something to you, you need to immediately talk with your main youth leader and let them know and you guys decide what those next steps are. And you don't have to do that alone, Mark. How can I get a hold of the crisis team if I'm at the gathering? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. And um, we do uh, take that really seriously at the gathering in terms of providing resources for adult leaders. Um, so we will have a helpline. Uh, there'll be multiple ways in which you can access that telephone, text line, other ways that can take place. And then we kind of have two teams that we divide for responding to these needs. We have what we call a care team, which is maybe, again, those things that aren't quite crisis, but think of having kind of a prayer warrior that's there to walk you through. Maybe I appreciate Karen, Amanda, you talked about having that extra adult. We might have smaller groups who don't have that extra adult and you just need another adult to come in and help you think through a situation um, or to maybe take some of your youth while you work independently with another youth if you got a lower number of adults. Adults. So we got really caring. A lot of them are even some are, are licensed uh, counselors, but just caring pastors and DCs and church workers who are there to give that side of care. Now we do then also have licensed counselors who will be available for calls to step into really crisis situations, walk you through that. We'll be knowledgeable about mandatory reporting laws too, but yes, you should know that on the front end for yourself. So you know that, but that we know the laws and things in Texas and what we need to take care of. And we'll have a place and process where we help make that decision when those counselors get brought into a situation. Um, thank God for telecare and some other things that we were able to expand what we can do. Um, so again, that even if you had an individual youth who maybe just needs to talk to a counselor and doesn't have that trust and they might feel more comfortable talking to a, a stranger about this, we're going to have services there available that will be able to give them a, a, a listening ear that they can talk to. Um, that can be an opportunity for them at the gathering. 
You know, it's funny that you said that, that sometimes they feel more comfortable talking to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something for us to remember those that have invested so much with these youth. It's not a commentary on your work effort at all. When I was in private practice, I had many of my teens that would say, I love coming to talk to you because I don't see you every day in the halls. I don't see you at my church. You are someone that is completely removed, completely objective. And so while our youth leaders are pouring so much into our kiddos. We have to make sure that we don't take that personally if they want to talk to a counselor instead. Absolutely. I think there's something that you get to the idea of looking what's best for the young person. That's easy maybe for us to take that upon ourselves and, I don't know, kind of maybe feeling of jealousy or a little bit of like, why did they open up and not tell me? And let's just give thanks to God that they found an ear to be able to speak to that. And like you said, you're still present with that young person. You still get to walk with them through this and you get to be Jesus with them when they go back home and be able to learn through that experience. And that is, that really is a blessing to in ministry to be able to do that with a young person. And and you're, you're still in that trusted role with them. Yes, definitely. So we want you to both be prepared within your within your group, but know that the gathering has also provided some supports for you in the crisis and the care team through the helpline to be able to to give guidance where we can to help uh, provide resources as we're able. Um, and so there's uh, there's a lot there that we hope that you can you can take advantage of if you need to. And there are going to be times where groups at the gathering um, or someone in particular finds out that something serious has happened back home. That certainly was the experience that I had. Uh, in 2013. And uh, that was one that surprised me. I think as a adult leader, I wasn't wasn't prepared for how to navigate that. Um, so what might be some things to consider when caring for someone who's away in Houston when something happens back home? I mean, first, pray with them, um, point them to Jesus, remind them that no matter what, the challenge that's before them or that they are processing, uh, he's bigger than it. Um, and that he's uh, sovereign over it. Um, but then it comes back to the listening um, and letting them share what they want to share, letting them um, lead a little bit for your next steps, um, whether or not you are planning to send them home um, because of what's happened or whether they're choosing to stay or their parents have chosen for them to stay, Um, but giving them grace and walking through the process with them, giving them space to talk or not talk. Sometimes it's too fresh for them to be ready to share that, Um, but just making yourself available to them um, so that they can disclose on their own timetable. That's huge, the disclosure on their own timetable. And then also contacting, keeping in contact with the parents to make sure what they are okay with you disclosing to the rest of the group. Because as you were talking about earlier, Julian, it was the fact that many of them were close to the person back Mm -hmm. home, right? And so we have to make sure that we still are careful with the information that we share. So it's having that one point person that's talking with the parent back home of, okay, what are you okay with other people knowing? And we certainly made, and I will, well, I admitted this to the group at the time, a misstep in underestimating how fast the news would spread, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and you know, if, if I could go back and do it differently, that's something I wouldn't underestimate a second time, which is they are on, they have phones, they can text, they see social media. Um, and so um, 
making sure that you are communicating clearly um, within the within the span of confidentiality, right? Um, right. That uh, to them can be really helpful in navigating an already difficult situation. Man, I really appreciate what you said. We had uh, Dr. Peter Nafsker and Shelley Schwamm on to talk about the theme in all things, uh, just kick this off. And certainly we're talking about the, the theology behind Colossians and our theme about pointing to Jesus Again, his reign is over all these things. And so I think even in those times of crisis, you know, the timing's got to be there certainly in the opportunity. But again, what a time that even in crisis, we can point to Jesus and know he's over all of this um, and he's with us in this too. Um, and he's the one that, again, no, new suffering for us um, and so that we'd have that gift of eternal life and, and his promises for us. So again, great reminder in those times of, of crisis for sure. Now, most of our adult leaders, uh, even our church workers, aren't qualified to provide counseling. I, I wish we could say for every registered congregation, we're going to have a Karen Merritt come with you, <laughs> stay with you 24-7, be with her all the time. But we can't do that. Um, but we want to be able to get, certainly give you good advice and good encouragement um, and good counsel about uh, you know again, where those roles are at. So when are some indicators either at the gathering or at home um, when adult leaders need to feel comfortable, it's time to maybe bring in a professional or to bring in counseling and kind of maybe walk through that process a little bit. Um, I think that's so important for people to understand and feel comfortable with that and maybe have to have those conversations with family members or within the body of Christ. Sure. Awesome. That's so difficult to to really gauge oftentimes in ministry of when do I refer out? Um, because we know that God can do all things and that He's equipped us to be here and His Holy Spirit is there. But there are some key factors that come into play when we just have to know when it's time to call on the professionals, right? Or to to seek some extra help. One of the two of the main, main things are, are they hurting themselves? Have they ever have thoughts of hurting themselves? Is someone hurting them? Have they hurt someone else? Right. So the the hurting aspect, we can talk, you know, whether that's self-harm or anything like that. The other thing that we look for is have they ever thought of suicide? Have they ever attempted suicide? So those are your two big ones that when that, when your student discloses that to you, you are there first and foremost to say, hey, wow, thank you so much for trusting me with this. I love you and it does not change how I feel about you. I want to be there to help you. And I know that sometimes some of this is bigger than what I can, than what I can help with. So let me go with you or let me talk to mom and dad, or can we do this together? Right. So the hurting themselves or thinking about suicide. The other thing that you often look at when you come back home is if you start noticing something in your youth, in your teen, to where it is a significant disruption, something that's very significant with their personality change um, in their schoolwork or at church, if all of a sudden they have gotten completely closed in, that is something you want to definitely talk with the parents about and suggest that they're able to talk with someone else. So we're looking at things that significantly disrupt their normal everyday character, like what they do. And we certainly want to maybe keep on that a little bit longer about mm -hmm. um, talk more broadly. It's one thing to support 
youth during the gathering when maybe something's happening. But it's another thing to do when you do head back home. You're talking about extended time now. You're talking going back into regular life, other relationships, maybe even some unhealthy relationships that they've been away from for a while. And now you're going back to that. Um, And you want to care for them and give them guidance in that. So just kind of keeping some of those things in mind or what are some things to try to keep in mind with that transaction going back when your student has had a particularly maybe intense experience at the gathering or maybe shared something with you that was difficult um, maybe what are some good rules for follow-up? Um, what is the place of the adult leader now? And maybe, you know, especially thinking go back, if maybe a pastor or something wasn't on the trip and now you're going back into the congregation, um, what are some maybe some tips there to think about? That's a really big question. Um, so <laughs> when uh, I think about a particularly intense situation that might have happened at the gathering, um, that's where um, I, as a DCE, like to keep a list of referrals that mm. are mm. Um, on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's counselors, it's education, it's coaches, it's um, a few different kinds of professionals that you can refer students to on my list. Um, and so if a student has disclosed that they're struggling with things or has um, been processing something big at the gathering, I will always follow up with a referral um, to say, hey, you were, you seem to really be affected by this thing and you seem to have been kind of processing and struggling. I want to walk alongside of you. By no means do I want to drop them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think maybe you should see somebody else to process this with too. Here are some ideas about who you could see. Um, And working with them um, to kind of create that referral moment in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, you're dealing with stuff. You need a professional. <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't want to shame them. Right. right, um, right. But helping them know that you're going to keep walking alongside and supporting them. Um, but also that there are more people who could come alongside them and be on their team. Um and more people who can be cheering for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love in Hebrews when the the writer of Hebrews is talking about the cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. right? And so we just want to be able to add to these kiddos and their their cloud. Right. And so when we do have something major that's happened and we know that something major good or something major really difficult will happen at gatherings just because of the emotion. It's an amazing experience. And so, to continue to be present in their cloud and say, hey, I'm kind of thinking that it's time for us to bring along someone else Mm -hmm. in this cloud. Let's talk about this. How about if you and I go to mom and dad and we see if there's someone else that we can bring in, like what Amanda was talking about. Here's some referrals. There are some people that really, really help out with this. Um, I like using the analogy, too, if I have severe asthma and I can go to a, a general practitioner for my asthma and they'll be fine. But when I really need someone to really help me truly with my asthma and get to the bottom of it. I need to go to someone who specializes in that. I'm mm-hmm. going to go to a pulmonologist, mm-hmm. right? And so, what we can do with our teens is say, I am right here. I am not leaving your side. Let's go to Twisted Root. Let's go Let's go wherever. We- oh, I don't think I can say product placement. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it all closed anyway. <laughs> It, so, we have Twisted Root here in St. Louis. So I was like, how do you know about that? Like, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 
so we could say, let's, let's go alongside. We can go out to eat. Let's, let's stay for coffee. I want to keep in contact. But I also want to make sure that you are receiving the best kind of mentoring, the best kind of person in your cloud to help you out, to be there with you. Kind of to that point, um, even if you've had just the normal awesome gathering experience, uh, that's a mountaintop high moment. And so um, taking the time to walk together and not jump off the mountain, but to come down the mountain together um, and to come out of that super high moment together um, is really important for um, helping kids kind of level their experience. I look at the parable of the sower. You know, when we talk about it, youth gatherings can be that soil where those those uh, the flowers just shoot up very quickly, right? We're in that moment, but we want to make sure that we're continuing to cultivate those relationships. So you're right, Amanda, it's so important that we walk down that mountain, that we can continue to build those roots and strengthen so that it's not just this one high point and then, oh, okay, we're back to status quo, that it's this is truly a life-changing experience. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Just in that we're thinking about how uh, holistically we're bringing in supportive adults who are there for the long term for this event, for sure, but who are going to both be there in the preparation and in the follow up and then making sure and we'll talk about this in another episode, but it, you know, how are we partnering with parents, right? We're coming back. How are we making sure that we're uh, partnering with parents in an appropriate way to help them get into this conversation as well? Because again, just like uh, a young person might be more likely to share with a stranger than with a supportive adult, sometimes they're more likely to share with a supportive adult than a parent, right? And how are we working together in that? I love that vision, that cloud of witnesses, right? To be able to all be pointing these young people back to Jesus over time. Well, we're so grateful for you guys uh, here and giving your expertise. And certainly we have some adult leader resources uh, that you guys helped design that are going to be out and available for for our adult leaders as they prepare for the gathering. Uh, while we hope that <laughs> um, people don't need this expertise, we appreciate you coming on and helping prepare us for the, for the youth groups that will need that and for the adult leaders who will need to take advantage of that as well. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Karen Amanda. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's difficult at this point in the planning process to be thinking about when things go wrong. Right. Right? It's not the most fun topic for us to be starting with in a starter pack. But the reality is, if we think about these things now, and we have the time to plan, to process, to put together the pieces that are going to help us if and when something like this does happen. Yeah. And we don't even want to say that it's not an if, but when necessarily with these things either, but yet, I mean, we saw in our research, right? I mean, when a, when the body of Christ, when adult leaders, when youth themselves respond out of love to a young person going through crisis, the impact that can have on their walk with the church, their walk with Christ, when they see again, grace shown to them and extended to them in a very difficult time. And so that's where we really want to for adult leaders and congregations to understand that opportunity you have to be prepared for that and the resources we provide um, so that you can again feel that, uh, well, I guess that additional support that you're getting from us in a leadership role um, in the event to be able to help you through that. 
And we know, looking at statistics across the board, that young people are struggling with mental health issues at a much higher rate than perhaps other generations, and even more so now coming out of COVID. And so we want everyone to be aware and thinking about these Mm -hmm. things rather than um, approaching them from a reactional standpoint, right? right? To be proactive in that. And that means, like we talked about, listening really well asking good questions, giving time and space to really let that young person process, to be there, but especially to be present so that in all things, we could be pointing them back to Jesus. Uh, I love that idea of just making sure that you're allowing the space for that to happen. Yeah, I think that reminder, we know when we get caught in those situations, anxiety rises a little bit and and out of love for that young person, we want to solve the problems maybe. And boy, I mean, just time and time again, we see how God works through that space that are time for them to process being prayer um, and to walk alongside them and then what a blessing that can be. And certainly to know what those parameters are too, to keep them safe um, and be able to give that space for that to happen. It's just a great reminder as we think about those opportunities in ministry. One thing we would like to recommend, um, and we are doing this at the National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference. Well, hopefully it's available to you at the local level. It's mental health first aid. This is a short, ding-along training that you can take. Uh, you can take a regular version or a youth-centric version uh, that really is training anybody to be able to respond to a mental health crisis. Uh, I've taken it. Uh, our staff has taken it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really have appreciated that. And it's a secular thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not coming from a Lutheran perspective. But man, is it so helpful uh, when a young person comes to me in crisis and I go, okay, I know how to manage this Mm -hmm. uh, versus uh, that panic and alarm bells that can also resonate back to them and and make the situation even worse. Yeah, well, we're so, again, thankful for Karen and Amanda and so many adult leaders who are uh, taking the mental health and situations of our young people to heart and walking them with that. So, again, thanks for all that you do to continue investing your young people in that way. So a couple of closing questions for you to consider. How can you build relationships between adult and youth now and practice some key skills of listening and asking good questions so that you are prepared to handle crisis should it come at the gathering? Have you discussed and planned among your adult leaders and church leadership how a crisis will be handled at a youth event or in your youth ministry? What resources do you need to handle a crisis effectively? And finally, how can you create a plan for coming back from the gathering that includes partnering with parents and encouraging resources back home that will help students transition back? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you love Jesus and love young people. We pray that God is with you both in the joyful, amazing, exciting, fun times at the gathering and also in those very difficult places. And we trust that God will work in and through you to deal with struggles in crisis in a way that continually points young people back to the love and care of Jesus. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.